0: This is Dylan Ward, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Junior, Kylie Ogden. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. The driver driving he hard down the alley and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer yeah. fires to score. Are you kidding, kidding me? By Dylan Ward gets top side red. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network, your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional
1: lacrosse leagues. Now, here's your host, Hutton Jackson. I'm here with Dylan Ward, NetMinder with the Colorado Mammoth, 2017 Goaltender of the Year in the NLL, and the newest member of the Wardogs in the PLL today. Dylan, first off, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know Adam is a little bummed he could not be on today. He had some matters to attend to, but uh, we are excited to have you on the show. And we want to kind of dive into pretty much everything in your career. We're going to definitely talk about this trade that just happened. But first off, talk a little bit about growing up in Orangeville, Ontario. And when did you first hop in net?
0: Growing up in Orangeville, it's obviously a, a lacrosse hotbed. Um, you know, you're just surrounded by, by by the sport. Wherever you go, you see nets all over the place. Um, most of the kids growing up or a lot of the kids that I grew up with, we played hockey in the winter lacrosse in the summer. So it was just, you were always with the same group of guys. Um, and you know, just to grow up in a, in a city with, or a town with such rich history in lacrosse and be able to play for the junior A program, which is kind of the goal growing up is to always one day make it to that junior A level mm-hmm. was a dream come true. And, and it's just, it's incredible to see. The history and you know where the, the the program's going now and how it's still you know at the top of the top of the league in Ontario and in Canada and, and the the talent that it produces year in and year out. It's it's really special to be a part of and I know it's got a really strong alumni base. I really proud of the proud of the organization and it, it's just it's just cool to be a part of that group. The second part of your question, yeah. the first time I jumped in net, um, so it's my first year of lacrosse. I was eight years old. And uh, I was playing player the whole year, and we, uh, we were getting into our provincial tournament at the end of the season, and our goalie decided he didn't want to be a goalie anymore. Um, like I said, most of the kids that I played with, I played hockey with in the winter. So that winter, I tried, I tried goalie out a couple times. It was more or less when we were trying to figure out who was going to be the goalie. Everyone kind of took a turn. I was pretty good at it, and, you know, once our goalie decided he didn't want to play anymore, it was, it was kind of just, a, all right, well, Dylan, you've been a hockey goalie before. Put the pads on, you're jumping in. And, uh, you know, to be
1: a little cliche, the rest is kind of history. No, absolutely. I I was an attackman myself, but Adam was also a goalie. So you guys are a different breed, Um, (laughs) you know, hopping in net and getting shot on. I I I couldn't say the same thing about myself to do that, but. Talk about too, you know, going on to the Hill Academy where you graduated from, which is not just a huge feeder for a college field game, um, but also for the pro game as well, in both the NLL and PLL. So talk a little bit about, you know, how you ended up at the Hill Academy and how that really prepared you for the next level.
0: Yeah. Um, so when I was in high school, I was attending my local high school, Orangeville District Secondary School. Um, then going into my junior year, Brody and Patrick Merrill, the Merrill family, mm-hmm. um, they started this, the Hill Academy a year or so, a year before, and um, they're trying to build out this this lacrosse program. And, and basically what they're looking at was to try and build kind of a college preparatory style school um, that f- had a focus on athletics. Um, and going into my junior year, they had one year under the belt. And then the second year, they're really trying to actually have a field, a team to go out and compete against, uh, you know, high school programs and, and um, you know, Brody, the Merrill family, uh, we're from obviously from the, the same hometown and, and our mm-hmm. families are, are have a connection and uh, Brody and Patrick gave me a call and was like, hey, you know, you want to come and join? You know, we'd love to have you on board. We're looking for a goalie. We're trying to field the team. We're going after, they literally went after like the best of the best players in my age group. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys a year older than me and the guys a year younger than me. And, um, at first I was kind of hesitant because again, like I was, I was already with all my buddies at o- ODSS, um, you know, had a great group of friends there. And then the Noble brothers who I was, I'm still really close with, but was super close with at the time they, uh, they jumped on and joined on with the Hill Academy. And I remember I was at school at ODSS for one week. I just came home one day, the parents, my parents put the ball in my court and I came home one day from school and I was like, all right, I'm let's do this. I'm ready to do this. So that's kind of how it started. That first year, there was maybe thirty kids in the entire school. Wow! Um, we had like eighteen guys on our varsity team, or on the lacrosse team. There wasn't a varsity or JV. We went down, did an MIAA kind of circuit, um, played some teams in Pennsylvania, New York, made it made our rounds, played uh, uh, brother Rice in Michigan. That was the year that they were the number one team in the country, and we had you know a ton of success. And it was really cool to do to, to be a part of that because. I remember before our Baltimore trip, it was our spring break trip. All of us were like, what are we getting ourselves into? Because we had, like, we had nothing to gauge ourselves on. We didn't know, we didn't know how good we were. We didn't know, like, what we were going up against. We just saw all the names and, like, UNC and Duke and all these ACC schools and, and Syracuse and, like, all these big, big recruits. We didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. We went down there, won a lot of our games, lost a couple. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just really cool to be a part of that. And now to see it just explode and every year, you know, you it's hard to turn on a college lacrosse game now, even just watching this past weekend and not hear the broadcasters uh, mention the Hill Academy. And, you know, that's something that I'm really proud of and, and and again, it's another program that I'm really excited to see where it's come from and where it's going and, and just the talent it pumps out year after year.
1: No, absolutely. And then you found your way down in Kentucky at Bellarmine University, uh, where you spent your college career. Um, you were you finished with as a Torton nominee your senior year and unanimous ECAC goalie of the year award as well. Um, how did that really prepare you for the next level as well? Oh man, I, I had an unbelievable time down at barman Um my first year,
0: you know, it was the last year of Jack McGetrick, legendary coach, who unfortunately died of cancer in the fall of my sophomore year, but he kind of brought me on board. Um, had an unbelievable time down there, you know, had a couple seasons in the middle sophomore junior year that were a little hairy, but overall, just an unbelievable group of guys. The school was great. It fit my my needs perfectly in terms of like the education side. Um and the athletic side, just a great group of guys, tons of Canadians that were down there. So we were all kind of going through the same stuff. And uh, you know, my senior year, things kind of just came together for me. Um, You know, I've told this story a couple of times on, on various podcasts, but I I wasn't the starter going into that senior year, that first game uh, against Robert Morris, you know, the coaches decided to go with uh, Will Haas, who was, who's been a teammate, was a teammate of mine for the past three years. And um, you know, it kind of, you know, it rubbed me the wrong way, but at the same time, you know, Will worked his nuts off to, to get that opportunity. And, and uh, you know, I just knew when I had my opportunity, I, I, would, I would kind of seize that moment, got my first opportunity in that, that first game and just didn't look back from that. And Things just kind of fell into the place for me. Defense did an incredible job. And, you know, again, it was just four years in Louisville was, was awesome. Um, got to experience big time college basketball at the University of Louisville and football, Kentucky Derby, great group of guys, great school, great, unbelievable city. So I have, I, I can't say enough good things about Bellerman and the city of Louisville.
1: Absolutely. And then on the box side, you know, you had one MVP of the Minto Cup tournament in 2012. Um, and then you get drafted by the Mammoth third overall. Talk a little bit about, you know, the dream coming true of being drafted into the, t- the NLL.
0: Yeah, that, uh, you know, that was kind of, Always what I I wanted to do growing up was to play in the NLL and, you know, watching the Toronto Rock and going to Toronto Rock games. Like, I always wanted to be a part of the NLL and get drafted in the NLL. And, and, uh, you know, I got to thank Steve Govett, who uh, ultimately drafted me in 2013. It's been an incredible, what, almost eight years now. Um, In Denver, I live here full-time. Got my green card. I'm coaching high school. Like, so it's really, like, I am a Denver – I don't want to say Denver native, but I, am a per- permanent resident of Denver, Colorado. And I, I just love the community here, the lacrosse community. And, and you know, to be a part of the Colorado Mammoth organization has been, it's been incredible. And I hope to be a part of it for
1: a long time moving forward. You know, and talk a little bit about the layover that's kind of unfortunately happened because of COVID. Um, how have you kind of been staying ready? You know, you, you didn't really, you didn't play in the tournament at all. Obviously you guys were practicing a little bit for the championship series mm-hmm. in the PLL. Um, But in terms of the box, like you guys haven't really been together for over a year now, how have you kind of been staying ready and how much are you looking forward to getting back onto the floor this December?
0: Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty crazy. And just talking to some of my teammates and other guys around the league, it's just, you know, it's, it's wild how long this, this layoff has been. And Mm -hmm. I remember at the start of COVID last year, when they first shut everything down and the PLL didn't know what they were going to do. I remember talking to some guys and you know, the, those of us who play like year round when we were doing NLL pro field Canadian box series back home, like I remember we were talking, it Was like, man, this is awesome. Like, this is like the first time we've truly had an off season ever. Right. Because, you know, we're going from junior to college. Right. And then, you know, you jump into the program and you're playing year round. So that was like my first time I truly had an off season. I remember the first like few months I was like, wow, my body feels great. This is awesome. Like, you know, obviously it sucks what's going on in the world, but Mm -hmm. this is the first time I've truly been able to step away from the game or step back from the game and and just like focus on myself and get my body right. Now it's like, what is going on? Like, I can't Mm -hmm. wait to get back to it. Um, I was really hopeful that the NOL was going to be able to pull off a bubble. Obviously that wasn't the, the case, but it's just, it's, it's at a point now where I'm like, like when do I get to get back? When do I get to play? And, and uh, you know, I turned 30 this year and kind of had the, having the realization that, you know, I'm probably on the back uh, half of my career and, and who knows how much longer I'm going to be able to play for. I hope it's a, a nice long time, but, you know, be turning 30, kind of put everything in perspective that this, this is going to end one day. So I just, I am super excited to get back out there and, and playing with the, the mammoth and, and, and playing in the PLL this summer. And I just can't wait to be back
1: with the boys and be back with everyone week in and week out. Absolutely. We're anxious to, you know, see you in cage uh, very, very soon. And we got to talk a little bit about the trade ward that kind of got a lot of hype recently because of the, around the PLL, but a lot of people maybe not know, know that that kind of got, you know, was kind of a running gag starting in the NLL circles. Talk a little bit, tell people kind of how that kind of came to being kind of how you embraced it as, you know, a running gag. And now it kind of turned into a, you know, campaign for you to get to another PLL team and get a starting role?
0: Yeah. So it originally started, we have some super passionate fans in Colorado with the mammoth and um, you know, there's some super fans who aren't super, they aren't big on me. They aren't huge fans <laughs> of, uh, of me and my, my work. So the, it started with one fan just being like literally trading, tweeting out at Colorado mammoth hashtag trade ward hashtag fire pack coil. And um, I remember I saw it for the first time and just had a a really good laugh about it. I think I retweeted it. And, um, you know, it just kind of picked up steam from there. Um, You know, the, the fans from opposing teams, a lot, a lot of Saskatchewan rush fans uh, picked up on it and were, were like, yeah, yeah. Trade war, get rid of that guy. And it just kind of like, it kind of took off from there. And it's just kind of been uh, a running gag. Like you said, and I've, I've, I always get a good chuckle out of it. And then uh, this past summer in the PLL, it kind of just naturally took over when I wasn't, when I wasn't playing. And, and uh, you know, obviously blaze was playing unbelievable in the tournament, uh, but you, you kind of just saw it from time to time. It, it's saying like, you, you'd see the tweet come up, hashtag trade reward, And, you know, this off season, it really picked up steam again. And um, the other day when this trade finally went through, um you know i saw a lot of tweets like traded ward ward was traded mm-hmm. a whole a whole slew of uh trade ward style tweets so it was uh, it's been pretty funny to follow along with
1: and uh you know i've i've enjoyed it i've gotten a good laugh out of it no i appreciate how you took like a dig and kind of embraced it and now it turned into like a rallying cry to get you you know a starting <laughs> level. so let's talk about the culmination with that trade um you know i i think we, a lot of people expected you to be traded at some point, we, you know, I personally didn't know if it was going to happen before the season or not. And it happened right at the end of the wire, but, um, were you expecting to be traded? How did that kind of all go through? Talk us through like, you know, the discussions leading up to it, was it kind of out of the blue or were there more discussions earlier in the off season?
0: Yeah. So coach towers and I had a couple conversations this off season and, um, you know, I, I was talking to him about my desire to play again. It goes back to turning 30 this year and just not knowing how much longer, I'm going to be able to play at the professional level. And, you know, we had some conversations. Um, you know, we were very honest with each other. Uh, he, he he let me know, and obviously I, I expected this, but he, he wasn't going to give me away for nothing. So he just wanted to make sure if there was going to be a trade, he was on, totally on board with it. He just wanted to make sure that they were getting in return what they deserved or what they needed. And I, I totally got that. Um, and I, I told him that if a trade didn't happen, you know, I wasn't going to hang my head. There was I wasn't going to hold anything against them. I was going to show up to camp like I did last year, fight to, to be a starting goalie for the chaos. And, um, you know, we had some, some great conversations. Um, As the offseason kind of went on and after the, the college draft kind of happened, I wasn't so optimistic about a trade happening. And then literally 10 minutes before the, the deadline, I get a call from Coach Towers and, you know, he lets me know that, there's a trade in principle they're just waiting on all the approvals and he'll uh, he'll call me back when it gets pushed through and then you know two three hours later i'm sitting there and i'm like wow did this happen and it's like what's going on am i with the chaos am i with the water dogs like where where are we at right now and then i get the call it goes through we had a, a great conversation there and you know i wish nothing but the best for the chaos boys i had a great time with them in the, in the bubble last year and at was awesome the whole way through and and uh you know I again I wish them nothing but the best. I, I hope to catch a beer with a couple of those guys throughout the throughout the summer. But you know, I'm just I'm really excited to be with the Water Dogs, have a chance to compete for a starting role. And you, you can't be you can't not be excited about this Water Dogs team with the offseason that they had and the additions that Coach Copeland has has put together. So I, I'm very excited to to jump on board and and get into training camp at the end of May.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, it's almost like a total makeover for the water dogs. You know, they were only an expansion franchise last year, but uh, yeah, we're certainly excited. You know, me and Adam joked that chaos probably had the two best goaltenders in the world, you know, on the roster, no disrespect to the other great goaltenders in the league, but we're certainly excited to see you, you know, again, on the water dogs now having a starting role uh, as we assume, you know, I know we got camp coming up, but um, we're very, very excited to see you, you know, with a new, new start with a team. Um, going off of that, let's talk a little bit about the international side of things, too, because you're an all-world goaltender. You're the first goalie to win MVP in World Games as well, winning in 2014, um, and you won gold medal that year. Then the following games in 2018, you guys lost a heartbreaker to Team USA. So talk a little bit about the highs and lows of the international game and your excitement for the upcoming World Games.
0: Yeah, I mean, first off, what an honor to be able to, uh, to wear your, your country's jersey in, uh, in international play. You know, 2014 was an unbelievable experience. Um, year out of college, I wasn't playing in the PLL that year. Uh, kind of going into the tournament, not, not cold, but like not playing in games or anything, not getting these world-class shooters to shoot on me beforehand. I remember going in, and it was like, all the talk was about how good this Team USA team was going to be. You know, Team of Destiny, Dream Team, compared to the, the, the whatever Olympic basketball team that just rolled through everyone. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of nice to have such a young roster. No expectations, no pressure on us. We could kind of just roll through the round robin, work on what we need to work on. And uh, once we got to that gold medal game, it was just like, you know, there was literally no pressure on us. Everyone was like, Team USA. It wasn't like, is Team USA going to win? It was how much is Team USA going to win by? Mm-hmm. and um you know we literally in the locker room like we just had no pressure on us we were just you know we were pretty pretty it was pretty light everyone was just like getting ready for a regular game and we had our game plan coaches uh prepared us to the best of our ability and we just went out there and we executed it to an absolute team and it was an unbelievable experience to be around guys like Brody Merrill and Jeff Schneider who had done it before mm-hmm. and a lot of guys that I've played against um like Mark Matthews and Curtis Dixon and Kevin Crowley and, and then be be with like guys that I grew up with in the Noble Brothers, right? So like it was just such a, a cool experience, um, top to bottom, and and to to bring home a gold medal was was an incredible honor and um, something I'm I'm truly never going to forget. I have my jersey hanging up in my house. Um, it, it was it was incredible. And then fast forward to 2018, you know, kind of coming in as like a quote unquote veteran. Um, again, we have a young team and a little bit more pressure. And, and the, the way that we lost that game was, it was a heartbreaker. And, um, you know, it was, it was an incredible game from start to finish the, the way that that it ended absolutely sucks, but, you know, it kind of just lights a fire under me for, for the next world. And hopefully I have the opportunity to play for, for team Canada again, obviously that's a few years away. And, um, you know, there's some really good young goaltenders in the college ranked right now. Um, coming up so I'm, I'm obviously gonna have to earn that spot but i'm excited for another opportunity another crack at the at the world championship and and you know it's just something that i don't take lightly being able to represent my country
1: no absolutely and it's always exciting to see you know the best of the best uh you know wear their country's colors and, and go up against each other we're gonna take a quick break here a word from our sponsor and then we'll dive into our five and five segment Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military inspired products from their signature big ass bar of soap to their bourbon infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Ducan, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order and find your own signature scent.
0: Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network.
1: All right, so welcome back. Now let's dive into our five and five. We'll start off with the lacrosse questions. And the first one I ask, and I'm sure there's a lot as a goalie, you guys have your rituals and your routines, but what are some pregame routines that you have?
0: <laughs> so I have my pre and pretty much down to a science. Um, you know, I like to go what, go sit in the stands before a game, listen to some music, just kind of clear my head. Mm-hmm. um go over my my notes i have mental notes i have for the for the upcoming game i'll do that for like 15 10 15 minutes then i'll go back into the the room get dressed the same way every time not listening to music anymore but kind of just keeping to myself mm-hmm. um and then when i go for warm up i like to have warm up be the same every time and,
1: and as consistent as possible so that, that's kind of my uh my my pregame stuff Awesome. And then number two, what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? And that can be on the box side, field side, pro international can be any level.
0: Yeah. So I would say I'm going to go two ways with this. They're both in Denver. Uh, Pepsi center or ball arena is obviously an unbelievable uh, arena. It's it's the atmosphere is, you know, truly second to none. They they truly put on a show and, and our fans are are super rowdy. So I, I it's been awesome to play at ball arena and call it my home uh, home arena. And then uh, Dick's Sporting Goods at the 2014 World Championship, the, the championship game, the crowd was, was massive. The sides were virtually packed and uh, it, was, it was really loud. And there were a ton of Canadian fans there. So that was, you know, those are two of the coolest places that I've played. And then I guess obviously going back, I have to say the Tony Rose Arena in Orangeville. That is like the, the best um, arena in junior,
1: junior lacrosse that you can play in. Awesome. No, that's great. Um, some good ones right there. Number three, who's been one of your toughest players to face in your career? Maybe it's a player that's just kind of had your number, I guess, in games and that it's been really tough, but you love competing against them.
0: Box. It's Mark Matthews. He's, uh, he's so good. He just, he, whether he's beating you himself scoring or throwing like ridiculous passes, he's just, he's such a smart lacrosse player and so fun to go up against. And, and a great guy to compete with and, and just an unbelievable guy as well. Um, and then, you know, in the field game, a guy that I'm just became team weights is Ryan Brown. That guy shoots the crap out of a ball. And, and, you know, he is an, he's, he's probably the best shooter in the league in the world right now. And I'm just happy to
1: have him on my team. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure you are with with that acquisition there. Number four, who is a teammate or fellow cross player that you've leaned on as a mentor during your career? Wow. That's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's,
0: it's, uh, a guy that I, I've talked to a lot being in Colorado is obviously John Grant Jr. Um, Brody Merrill is a guy at the Hill Academy. Like I looked up to him. He's, he's a guy I've looked up to my whole career. Played with him multiple times with Team Canada, Fox and Field. Or sorry, with Field. Coached by him in the Hill Academy. So I'd probably go with, with Brody Merrill as a guy I really uh, looked up to and, and just watched how he kind of carried himself and, and kind of learned how to, to, to be a pro probably from him.
1: Awesome. And then my final one is a new one that we're kind of adding. If they made an NLL video game coming out this year, who would you say deserves to be on the cover?
0: I think right now the most dominant player in the NLL, I'm going box on this. Mm -hmm. It's Graham Hossett. The guy's a machine. Mm -hmm. He's like, I think he's a robot. I'm not convinced that he's a human being, but the guy is just, he's the most, you can't deny him being the most dominant lacrosse player in the world right now. And I, I think the, the people who aren't familiar with him and the the PLL fans or the field lacrosse fans are going to see the summer, what this guy brings to the table. And I've never heard more people talk about how hard it is to go up against a defender than um, Graham Hossack. So I think that's the guy right now.
1: Yeah. And his nickname is the Cyborg. So yeah. you know, I, mean, I, I remember when we heard that he might be signed with the PLL, I immediately shot up to, you know, our draft boards. I mean, I think everyone knew Lyle was going number one, but you Know, we weren't surprised just watching the NLL game that he was going to be right there at number two. Um, so, certainly looking forward to his return to the field. Uh, moving on to the off the field questions, where are some hobbies or activities you enjoy doing when you're not on the field or the floor? Love golf. Um, you know, try to golf as much as possible.
0: Uh, living in Colorado, we have gorgeous hikes, uh, so or trails, I should say. Um, so, I love going on hikes. And then uh, this winter, I actually got back into skiing. Um, again, living in Colorado, I have world-class resorts, 30 minutes an hour from my, my house. So
1: love. those are probably my big three, golf, hiking, and uh, skiing. Awesome. And then number two, who is a player in another sport that you admire or enjoy watching? Uh, I mean, Austin Matthews right now, I'm a, I'm a big Leafs fan.
0: He uh, He's just so dominant. And um, kind of watching him kind of help, him and Mitch Marner kind of help bring the Leafs back to, the the limelight and, and
1: uh, contenders for hopefully stanley cup this year um he's probably one guy I really i really enjoy watching you know and they have a great shot too you know Can- canadian teams now being in that division um you have you know four teams making it um so yeah i think the leafs have a pretty solid shot especially because you know they've had some competition i guess between the other canadian teams but um i think they have a pretty good road ahead if they continue and keep it up Goal.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say the, the, it'll be interesting for NHL playoffs because they're all playing within their division. It'll really it'll be interesting to see if, like, one division dominates over the others or if it's pretty even just because, you know, it's like it's like the Big Ten right now that we see in, in lacrosse, mm-hmm. right? Like, obviously, Maryland and records are leading the way, and the other teams have really bad records. So it'll be interesting to see, like, when these NHL teams play against other divisions. Are they as good as their record? Are they worse than their record? Are the other divisions better or worse? What if, like, what that'll look like.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm a big hockey fan, so definitely looking forward to the playoff hockey coming up. Uh, My next question is, uh, okay, this one's a, a fun one. So what has been the most interesting way someone has misspelled your name? Because I know you get a lot of name misspellings, which I don't really understand because sure enough, there's two forms of spelling Dylan, but it's not like it's completely uncommon. Um, we have a rule at Lacrosse Playground too that You know, you can't misspell certain people's names and you're on that list because it's just like, (laughs) I know you'll call us out for it. So I'm like, got to double check, triple check, like can't misspell it. But what has been the most interesting spelling of your name? I think
0: the D-I-L-L-I-O-N is probably the funniest because (laughs) there's just no second, it's not Dillian. It never has been Dillian. It never will be Dillian. But I think the funniest one I got was on, I can't remember if it was Lax Sportsnet or the NLL but it was like the headline had my name spelt right. It was for a video. Mm-hmm. It was like the, the title or the title had it or the tweet had it correct. And then the video description, the name was spelt wrong. So that was probably the
1: funniest thing where I was like, you guys were so close and <laughs> you blew it. Missed it by that much. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, what is your favorite meal? And do you prefer to dine out, take out or cook at home?
0: Um, during COVID, I've really picked up my cooking game. Um, I really enjoy using my barbecue. Uh, love, I mean, sim- very simple, throwing a couple of ste- ribeye steaks on the, on the grill, uh, with some, you know, um, vegetables, asparagus and a salad. That's probably my go-to meal right now. If I'm going out, if I'm at an Italian joint, I'm getting chicken farm. Um, and if
1: I'm at, you know, a steakhouse, I'm getting a, a ribeye medium rare with all oh, the fixings. There you, go. there you go. All the fixings. Number five, what's a book or podcast that you've read or listened to recently, or even a TV show that you've binged that you'd recommend? So you can do it. You don't have to do all three. You can do any. That's funny because I have done all three, but there you uh, go. <laughs> you know, the, the,
0: the, the book I'm actually reading right now, Extreme Ownership by uh, Jocko Willick and Wilnick. He's awesome. And yeah, I'm so I'm, I, I'm, I'm just in the start of that right now. It's been recommended to me by a handful of people but it's, it's an awesome read. I, I'm, I'm at the very beginning of it. Um, just kind of, they're just kind of talking about how, you know, leadership is top down and, and you're only as strong as your, as your leader essentially. And if, if uh, you can't, if you're, if you're a truly great leader, you can't be blaming stuff on results based on other people. It's, you know, you always have to bring things back to yourself and what can you do differently as a leader to, to try and get the results that you're looking for. So so far so good.
1: It's an awesome read. Um, but yeah, I would, I'd recommend that right now. Awesome. And then my final, uh, question, this is not related to the five and five, but what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally?
0: I mean, you gotta love it. It's, uh, it's such a grind. If you want to play at the the professional level Right, you've got to put in a ton of hours, you know, you need to, you need to, it's super cliche. You hear it all the time. Like, You need to play when you're not at practice. You need to have your stick in your hands when you're not at practice and you'd be getting reps when you're not at practice. Right. But that truly does go um, a long way. And that doesn't mean like doing drills or just doing shooting drills. Like that could be like messing around with your buddies in the backyard, playing mini sticks Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, but you just, you just need to love the game because you know, high school, you start, you you start a youth, you get to high school, it starts becoming a little bit more of a grind. Then if you play in college, it's a, it's a full-time job on top of school and then in pro you know, it's all gone. Like, it's all on yourself. Like, if I, if I don't go to the gym today, I'm not going to have a coach yelling at me. If I don't go get reps at some point, you know, I'm not going to have a coach yelling at me or or making me run because I wasn't, I didn't do something. Like, it's all, like, I need to do this on my own or I'm not getting paid. And especially as a guy like myself, who's a full-time lacrosse player, like, if I don't take care of those things away from the the PLL and away from the NLL, like, I'm not going to have a paycheck. So, it's just it's you've got to love it you've got to embrace the grind of it and then once you get through the high school and college and get that opportunity to play pro you know it's all about what are you willing to do on your own because no one's there forcing you to do anything
1: no i think that's some great advice uh, for some young listeners uh where can people find you on social media dylan
0: yeah so at dilward 37 on twitter and instagram i'm more of a
1: <laughs> I'm more of a twitter guy but right. uh, yeah those are my social handles Awesome. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. We're looking forward to seeing you on the field in the PLL and on the floor in the NLL coming up, but uh, best of luck training for both those seasons. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military-inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap their bourbon infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off and it makes me feel good about my beard even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an army reservist I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Duke Cannon. Use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order and find your own signature scent.